0: Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farmher radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farmher. Hello and welcome to Shining Bright. I am so happy to be here with you today. We have a really cool episode on tap and and I think um, part of this episode is somewhat selfish because we're talking about entrepreneurs and, and how it happened is I was recently connected to a woman named Jessica Dilger and she has a company called FM Farmhouse, where they put together all of these great products on a quarterly basis. And they uh, send them out to people who subscribe to their farmhouse boxes. So you can sign up and get a box of all kinds of really cute farm related things. She also has um, a chicken uh, product box that goes out every month for people who raise backyard chickens. And um, so in talking to her, she really finds her uh, strength through the women that she meets And the small businesses that she works with through her business. And um, she had this idea about connecting me to some of those women. And so in today's episode, you're going to hear me talk through each segment is a different woman, a different entrepreneur with a farm based business. And you're going to hear about what makes her tick and what she does and why she does it. And again, selfishly, I love hearing these things. A, I love hearing that I'm not crazy and that other people are out there running after their passions, um, maybe in different ways, but similar ways. And I also like hearing what makes other people tick. And sometimes it it kind of opens up how I look at myself. So I'm going to kick it off by asking some of the questions in answering some of the questions for all of you that I'm going to ask all of these other entrepreneurs. Um, so what do you do? I run a business called farm her big surprise there for all of you listening. And I started it, Because I felt this, take it this back almost six years ago, I saw a commercial that made me realize that there were not enough women visible in the world of agriculture. They're there, they have always been there, but maybe you didn't see enough of them, whether that's in media or in publications or wherever that is. And so I set out on a journey, and it truly has been a journey. Um, It started as a project a photography project where I was going to photograph a handful of women here in Iowa and that ball rolled bigger and bigger when I put it out there into the world, it quickly became Um, uh, I became aware that it didn't just matter to me, but it mattered to many, many, many other women out there. And so that is why I started it. That's still why I do it today to shine a light on those amazing women. What keeps me motivated? Um, no different probably than some of the women you're going to hear from today. What keeps me motivated is when I hear that Farmer has had the ability to affect or change or help somebody, Um, when they needed it. So when I hear somebody say, you know, I never saw myself in that way until I saw myself in your pictures and I look so strong. Or when I hear someone say, well, I never really thought that I could do something like that. But when I hear that somebody else went after it, I kind of think maybe I could figure that out or when I can connect the dots amongst two people who are who are running after something similar and want uh, or can, can thrive from learning from each other and wanting to connect to each other. You know, those things really drive me. I mean, as we all know, being a part of a small business, whether that's a farm or some other type of organization, it has a way of wearing you down to feel like you've got nothing left to give. And when I hear from those people who do gain some sort of inspiration or empowerment or something, that is my motivation. That will like light that fire under me for the next however long it needs to be to get me through uh, the pile of work and the all of the things going on and the travel and all of the, the stuff that can wear us down. Um, so it, it is those awesome women um, also that not just the people that, um, we hear back from, but the people that I visit and I just got done visiting a woman at a farm. You can uh, check out our social media. Um, and it was awesome. And she is amazing. And the fact that I get to tell the world about how amazing she is motivates me big time as well. Um, the biggest challenge I have, the biggest challenge is staying relevant, keeping farm her out there, keeping myself motivated and running forward at it. Um, but keeping it relevant and keeping it growing. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes I tell people, I feel like being an entrepreneur and in, in what we do, um, maybe it's even more relevant because there's no clear cut path. It feels like you're driving a boat in the dark sometimes, and you don't really know where you're going, but you're just floating around. And sometimes you speed up, sometimes you slow down uh, and it can be kind of frightening. So that, that is a challenge of, of trying to figure that out all of the time. What do I do best? I tell stories best. I realized this about myself. I love it. I love to find out who you are, what you do, why you do it. I'm going to take pictures of it because I love pictures. I want to talk to you and I want to share people share with other people how amazing you are. And, um, so that in a nutshell is my answer to what you're going to hear from all of these women here coming up here on shining bright. So stick with us. We will be right back talking to some amazing farm-based women entrepreneurs. Welcome back to Shining Bright. This is Margie, and we have a really cool show here for you today. We have got a lineup of awesome women entrepreneurs in the farm world, and we're going to kick it off with the woman who kind of introduced me to many of these women, or all of these women, I should say, Jessica Dilger. Jessica, welcome. Hi. It's so nice to be here. Um so, so excited to talk to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you here as well. So let's just kick this off. Why don't you tell me? You've you've got a lot going on. So why don't you tell me yeah. about your businesses and what you do?
1: Awesome. Okay, so we own um FM Farmhouse and Coop Crate. So FM Farmhouse is a quarterly decor subscription box. Um but the fun thing about it is and why we started it, is to actually promote small businesses. So each quarter, we feature different businesses. Um, a lot of them are moms, you know, working out of their house. Some are medium-sized. You know, we've we've had mostly women. We've had a couple men. But it's, it's a lot of fun to actually be able to get to know all these people and help share their products and get their name out there, kind of give them a platform. Um, Coop Crate is a monthly uh, backyard chicken subscription box. Um, I'm a little obsessed with my chickens. I only have, like, 30, but, you know, <laughs> I need more. Only 30. Um, <laughs> only 30. <laughs> it seems like less, <laughs> but um, they're, like, my little feathered babies, mm. um, <laughs> along with my four human children. Yeah. But, um, no, it's it's a lot of fun. We started it because, like I said, I have a big love for my chickens, and it's hard to find, you know, a lot of products. I mean, they're getting a little bit more popular now. Um, but I really wanted to meet people that had the health of chickens in mind, but in the same breath celebrate like the crazy chicken lady, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and we've kind of taken over a lot from FM Farmhouse. We like to feature small businesses. Actually, all the ladies on this show have been, well, two of them have been in Coop Crate. Uh, Dana, my business partner, and you're going to talk to, she actually has another business too. <laughs> uh, we're crazy. <laughs> I love
2: it. We're entrepreneurs it. at heart. <laughs>
1: But, um, yeah, it's, we try to, I don't know. It's one of my passions to do that. I mean, I definitely love sharing. I know how hard it is to get your name out there sometimes. So it's a lot of fun. We, we get to meet so many people and yeah, I get to do my two favorite things. My farmhouse decor my,
0: <laughs> and my my Yeah. So, um, did you run businesses before these or did you just kind of go, you know what? I see a need. This is something I want to do. And you threw yourself into it.
1: Um, actually I had a photography business for 15 years. Um, I also did digital design. So I would design logos and that sort of thing for people, graphics. Um, so I've kind of always been an entrepreneur. I mean, I was a kid that would like paint rocks and go door to door to sell them to my neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cause we lived on a farm and then moved into town when I was like six and it broke my heart. But <laughs> so we had neighbors that were close, but, um, no. Yeah. I've always kind of had my own businesses. Yeah. Um, my husband is a huge entrepreneur. I mean, he, it's funny cause I'll pop off with an idea and he's like, he runs with it.
0: <laughs> You're like, hold on. We oh, already yeah. have 10 businesses. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> it was just a random idea. Just hold on. <laughs> um,
1: but he really is an amazing businessman and he always says,
0: I wish I didn't have such a good job. <laughs> because then I, get full, I have all these you know, ideas
2: full
1: time. <laughs>
0: um, so let me ask but, you this. You've got a lot going on. I know you said you have a business partner that we're going to talk to in a little bit. Do you have other employees or do you manage all of this on your own? Because it, it's a lot going on, um, especially certain times of the month when, I mean, you're always coordinating yeah. what's going to go into the boxes, but you've got all the social and all the digital and the web presence and getting the boxes out the door. Yeah,
1: honestly, um, it's, it's a little hard because my business partner lives in Florida, mm-hmm. um, so she does a lot of the purchasing, especially for FM, um, and coordinating that, coordinating influencers, and that sort of thing. But as far as packing, that's me. So it's it's a little crazy. Um, and you know, as you grow a business, it's harder to like hire people right away. Yeah. Um, but I have been kind of delegating certain things. Like I'll trade boxes for like a blog post, or yeah, for certain things. So luckily, I've. Made enough connections recently that I mean I have a blog writer who we pay in boxes you know and that sort of thing. Uh, But my kids help quite a bit. I mean I sometimes have to bribe them. Yeah, they like helping.
0: That's good. I mean it it shows that you you know you don't need a lot of money. You don't need a lot of overhead. You don't need a lot of employees if you want to get it done. uh, You use what you have. You know, Um, I go crazy sometimes. that's okay. We all do. I'm I actually did just this morning. So you know what? I'm there with you. Um what would you say is your biggest challenge in building and running a small business based on your farm?
1: Um, honestly, time. I mean, sometimes I don't feel like I have enough time in the day because I mean between running four kids and where we live, I mean we're half an away we're a half an hour away from the kids' school. So I drive Whoa. on average at least two and a half hours every day. And so, I mean, but struggling kids schedules and making sure the animals are taken care of and different things like that. I mean, it's hard. Um, you know, and I didn't, I didn't realize I'm really good at social media. That's one of the things I'm, I can do really well. And I'm always willing to help somebody if they have any questions, by the way, <laughs> Dana and I always constantly mentor people on, especially Instagram. Um, but you know, just finding the time and organizing. I'm horrible at organizing. And that's something I work on every single day, is trying to figure out a good way to organize each day so I'm the most productive. So okay. that would probably be my biggest challenge. Yeah. But
0: well that's a good one. I mean, it can be tough definitely when you've got a million things flying at you. So on that note, um, where do you get your motivation from to keep pushing forward when, you know, you might have hurdles in front of you or things that are challenging you?
1: Um, you know, honestly, it's uh, a lot of the connections I have. I have so many amazing women in my life that are cheering me on, like no matter what, they're there. And if even if I'm having an off day, I can call one of them and they literally will sit there and be and you know, go through it with me. But really a lot of my motivation is I look around and, you know, yes, I work probably 10 hours more. <laughs> no, no, I work every day, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't lie. Um, but the thing is, is that this is mine, you know, I'm growing or mine and Dana's, you know, but I'm growing it. And this is mine. It's I'm not working for someone else, I get to be here when my kids get home from school I get to be able to, I can make my own schedule and that's important to me. I mean, I'm, as I'm growing this, I just remind myself all the time, Jessica, you're doing this. This is yours. You know, you, and it's kind of, that's my motivation looking around going, wow, I'm actually a mom that I'm not a stay at home mom, but you know, I'm a work at home mom and I get to do the stuff with my kids still, you know, but, and then have my own business and that's important to me. Yeah. So that's awesome. You no, know, it's kind of my motivation, and plus, helping people. I think that gives me. I love discovering new businesses, and I love seeing their eyes. I don't know. It's so great. It's so fun.
0: It is fun to put people up on a pedestal. I I have to say, I I absolutely love that too. So we have just under a minute left. Where can people find you and your products in your business?
1: Okay, we have a couple places. So we have our uh, website. So we have a. Uh, um, www.farmmama.com or it you can also use fm farmhouse we started out as farm mama um and then we coop crate is coop um but we do a lot of social media on instagram probably mostly okay. um and our handles are at fm farmhouse and at coop underscore crate uh we always have good deals and giveaways and fun things going on it's great. I'm about to have people
0: there. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. This has been a pleasure. I know that the listeners are going to love this. So thank you very much again for joining us here on Shining Bright. Back to Shining Bright in our lineup of amazing women, entrepreneurs, uh, and farmers today. We have up next Dana Wade. Dana, welcome to Shining Bright. Hi, guys. Um, So this is the first time you and I have talked, and I was introduced to you by your business partner, Jessica. You guys work together on FM Farmhouse, is that correct? We do. We do. Wonderful. Well, I would love, I, I, I bet you have um, a lot going on with that and other things as well. So can you just kind of tell me what you do? Um, with
3: the FM Farmhouse Box, um, me and Jessica met almost two years ago. And what we like to do is showcase um, local makers through across the United States um, and their wares um, as you know, a lot of rural communities have um, little businesses that need the help to get out there, and we like showcasing showcasing them. Yeah. So our goal is to put them in a box, several of them together, and send them out quarterly to people so they have an op- an option to see what else is out there besides your big box stores and local stores.
0: I love that. I love that. You can bring the local to people. So um, you also live on a farm, is that correct? I live on a 10 acre farm
3: with chickens, donkeys, horses, and cattle.
0: So that is another side of what you do. Um, wonderful. Yeah, it, I had in my notes that it was called Blue Pear Farms.
3: It's called Blue Pear Farms, and we've been here two years. Um, we are a beach family. We grew up in South Florida on the beach, and um, my husband got um, sick with um, stage four lung cancer, and we wanted um, out of the city. Um, and decided to buy a farm. Um, I make a skincare line called Blue Pear Farm Skincare, and we came here so we can grow our own calendula, our own chamomile, and make income, because I don't know that a lot of people don't realize that some sicknesses and disability doesn't doesn't pay the bills like when you're working a 40-hour week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Uh, I would say good for you for changing your life and moving to where you felt that you needed to be. Um, So you, do you, you grow the ingredients for your skincare line there on the farm? Do you actually put the products together on the farm as well?
3: We do. We do it as a family, um, everywhere from um, labeling to mixing um, packaging. I have, um, we have four children, but our 18 year old son lives here with us. The rest have moved out and, On packaging day, he gets everything ready and he's the label maker and he doesn't like it, but he volunteered (laughs) for it. So he could have chosen another position, but that was his position. Um, Husband makes sure everything's packaged um, properly and sent out. And I'm the quality control and mixer.
0: Cool. Where did you learn how to, uh, is this something you've been doing a long time or did you decide you wanted to get into skincare for a certain reason?
3: Well, twofold um my in-laws my parents um my in-laws parents and my grandparents are all herbalists oh wow um so it was just it's something we grew up with and there's so many people out there that had organic skincare lines and one of these and one of them but they weren't doing it in our eyes properly everybody has their own version and we don't knock anybody um we just think ours is done a little bit different and like I said, it was a source of income, but it was more a source of pride. Um, I'm 52 years old, and everybody says, you look like you're in your 30s. And I think, oh, thank you. Can you please say that a few more years, and I'll feel good about myself. <laughs> Can, like- but um, we, we believe in our product, that's all. And like I said, it's kept us together as a family. Um, farming's not always easy um, between selling eggs and and Beef and maintaining and stuff. So this is kind of the lighter side of it, which brings in a little bit of extra income.
0: I love it. I love it. Something that it sounds like you're passionate about.
3: I, I am only, like I said, only for the fact that my kids were raised with it. Um, the recipes come from grandparents and you know, um, grandparents from Ireland who only use the best um, ingredients. And so yeah, it's been a. It was never a challenge. It's always been a joy, and so far so good
0: wonderful well that was a question I was gonna have for you in running your own businesses you are in a rural area you're on a farm uh, do you have challenges as a um, entrepreneur and a woman running a small business
3: um for being in a rural area um, if you're selling local it is hard um you know because in and how do I say this you know you have grandma down the street who makes her own coconut oil cream and, you know, Sally 10 miles away who makes, you know, this and that. So it's hard in a rural area to have people um, try your products at first um, because we all have our own little recipes and do dads and salves we make. Um, So the challenge was, was taking it online um, and getting noticed. We didn't want people to think that we were just some small little farm and that we didn't value our products and that we, you know, our time was just throwing this together and throwing it in the bottle and selling it. Um, we wanted them to know that we work hard clearing land and planting and making sure the plants are raised organically and GMO free and everything is certified. And so, yeah, there's a, it, it sounds fun, but there really is a lot of work to it, to growing it, to trimming it, you know, um, well, but not challenges like you would think it's just the challenge of getting it out there.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and it's a shame because more rural communities should do this. You know, more people should, should take the jump and, and do it. We need more small businesses. So many are losing, you know, to larger companies.
0: Well, on that note, if there's people out there listening who are saying, well, I w- I want to create my own farm-based business. What sort of advice would you have for them?
3: first of all, jump. Um, Jessica pushed me, um, jump. Don't think you're not good enough because you are. Um, and there's a butt for every seat. So your product is worthy. Um, never get up, give up, keep trying. And like I said, it's, it may be work, but the goal at the end is so worth it. And a lot of people think, you know, well, it's going to make me money within, you know, three to six months. And no, it doesn't work that way, but keep trying because there's a need for your product. There's a need for your talent. There's a need for your service.
0: I love that. And you're right. I mean, this is a really big world that we live in and the internet opens up so many avenues to be able to, to reach people. So, um, on that note, If people want to find you, um, I, I, we already talked to Jessica about where people can find FM farmhouse and her coop crate stuff, but where can people find your blue pear products?
3: Um, Actually, we are sold through farm mama also. Okay. So we're at www.farmama.com. We're sold there and we're also private sales because we sell to, um, we sell to private salons and dermatologists. Okay. Um, so I'm on Instagram under Blue Pear Farms also. They can reach me there for private sales.
0: I Well, um, when you said that you're 50, say 52, and yeah. people say you look like you're in your 30s, I immediately said, where can I get some of these products to slather on my face? Because I'm in my 30s too. So <laughs> um, <laughs> sounds intriguing to me. So I love that. Well, um, one Last thing, we are almost out of time here. Um, where do you get your inspiration from? Goodness. Um, honestly, like I
3: said, my husband was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in 2015. Um, a non-smoker, and he's doing wonderful, by the way. Um, inspiration came from him. Um We've always, like I said, we've been a close-knit family, but inspiration came from him. If he can get up every day and do what he needs to do, um, run a farm, run a family, then for me being a farm mama, then that inspires me. Um, Seeing other small businesses out there
0: make it, um, I can do it too. If you can, I can. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us Welcome back to Shining Bright in our ongoing onslaught of amazing women who are in the farm space working with small businesses. We are going to be speaking with Haley Dre. Haley, welcome. Hi, thank you. Yes, yes. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself and the business that you are a part of, Grubbies.
4: Okay, so yeah, I am the marketer for Grubly Farms. And if you, for those of you who don't know, Grubly Farms, um, we sell Grublies. And that is a snack for backyard chickens that's made from dried black soldier fly grubs. Oh. And so that is, <laughs> I know, it's similar to mealworms, um, but it's a different type of insect that has different, a uh, different set of uh, properties, different nutritional um, benefits. So um when I discovered Grubly Farms, let's see, I, we are based out of Georgia and it's a team of four people. Okay. And I did a lot of research on this company and it was a team and we are a team of four and it's three graduates from Georgia Tech who started this um out of college, actually. And they are so passionate about sustainability. And one of the coolest things about what we do is the black soldier fly grubs are fed off of a diet of pre-consumer food waste. Um, And that's really cool because restaurants and bakeries and the likes will, rather than taking their food that hasn't been touched and sent to a landfill, they actually divert it to grubs and they'll convert that into organic compost. Then the grubs are dried and fed to animals as delicious grub leaves.
0: I have never heard of such a thing, but I am super intrigued. So is there just like, how, how are the grubs? Like, where do they live? I mean, you're, so you're feeding them this food, but I, all I can picture is that you have this office and like next door, there's like massive amounts of grubs in soil. I, I don't know. That makes no sense. probably. So but it, You
4: know what? I, I actually probably had all the questions that you have and more, um, because I never, I grew up in Connecticut and lived in New York city for many years, uh, working corporately, similar, similar story to you, actually. And so inspired by that. And I just had this feeling in my gut that it just wasn't where I was supposed to be. And within two weeks, I moved to Georgia and started working for startup companies because I wanted to make a difference. And I found Grubly Farms and I was, well, I first clicked on it and I was thinking, hmm, is this some sort of Whole Foods type business? They must sell food. I knew the word grub. But never in a million years did I think that <laughs> this was an insect-based protein company. And so um, what does that entail? Well, basically, um, unlike livestock uh, insects, the the technology of breeding insects at a large scale is still so new compared to um, the poultry industry and on um, other animals like that. So the technology that goes into it is extremely, um, uh, let's just use the word crazy for lack of better terms, because yeah. if you think about insects, they have to have all of this, um, all of these different factors in their environment. Uh, so you have to create artificial light and have the humidity at a certain uh, point. And there are a ton, tons of other probably uh, for just TMI. Um, yeah, I won't like go into Super technical. Uh, it Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's super technical. And uh, we have a group of uh, people that are completely dedicated to that side of the business. And I've been so grateful to learn about how, just just here in the U.S., how we have the potential, just starting with chickens, from switching to a fish-based protein, to an insect-based protein, which is just so much more sustainable for our oceans. It'll help out our landfills. And I don't think people realize, uh, people of backyard chickens, that by choosing grub leaves, they're not only choosing something that has, um, it's loaded with protein and has 50 times more calcium than, um, than mealworms, which is great for eggs, but they're also joining this movement of, uh, towards sustainability in the US and the FDA actually just approved black soldier fly grubs for feed, which is so huge and so exciting.
0: I have learned so much already <laughs> that I can't even tell you. Um I know it's a lot. It yeah, is but it's interesting. It's not it's not something I've ever thought about, like you know, but um it it's reality. So um you said that you kind of threw your life up in the air and moved to start mm-hmm. working with, uh, startups and entrepreneurs. Have you found th- yourself at peace with what you're doing? Have you, um, have you, do you feel like you've figured it out?
4: So I love that question. Um, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I have figured it out. And I think that's one of the beautiful things in life is just, there's always so much more to know, so much more to learn. I consider myself, uh, so new, uh, to this type of, lifestyle and this job, I am so grateful to be a part of this because it's opened my eyes up to a different, it's hard to explain, but anyone who's lived in a busy city knows how stressful, um, that pace, that crazy pace of life can be. And so moving to Georgia and, and really surrounding myself with this community that, um, all of these, these families that have these backyard chickens and how they Live their life so simply and so sustainably. It just is so inspiring. And this community that every time things are crazy and so startups, um, you know, you know how it goes. Every single day is an adventure. It's a wild ride. We have this joke at our company that there's never a dull moment. Um, and we just always say that because there's never a dull moment. But what makes it so special is getting those emails from customers or those Facebook messages or the Instagram. And people will tell um they'll share a little bit about their story and how uh, we fit into that and how groblis are making a difference for their chickens. Um, because pets pets are family. And I think some people are like, wait, you sell you sell what? To to back your chickens? <laughs> people have pet chickens and I'm like, Yep, just like you love your cat or your dog, people love their chickens and they care about what they feed them because they're eating the eggs and feeding them to their families. So um, I guess to sum that all up, it really, really for me comes down to the people because um, that, that's life. It's We're obviously not machines, um, though sometimes I feel like I'm a machine, <laughs> yeah. um, a machine that needs to be recharged. But um, working with a loving team or like a family here and have that time to recharge and just hit the ground running every day because it's cool to be a part of something so much bigger than what I ever did before.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and I understand what you're saying. Uh, we are a small but mighty team here doing a lot of things running in a lot of different directions Mm -hmm. all the time. And while it is exciting, it's also draining too. So what do you do to keep yourself motivated to kind of keep, keep that entrepreneurial spirit that you have in you going? (laughs)
4: Love it. So one, I'm a big fan of the little things and I love routine. Um, I'm a big fan of routine. So the little things, we actually have a Grubly Gratitude Board where we will, every letter that we get, every gift that we get, if possible, if I can pin it up to a board, uh, we'll print out messages that we receive. And I'll just look up at this Gratitude Board whenever I'm stressed and see all these people and all these relationships that we build, and all these um, families and and animals that we've helped. Um, And it just, it really... I think gratitude is what makes the world go around, and um, besides that, just being mindful and present and not getting too caught up in the future because it's so it's so easy to do that at work. It's so easy to just you know we're planning for 2019 and we're we're talking about 2020 and. Um, But I like to, I'm very active. I have to go for my, I just, I had a run this morning and it feels so good. Those endorphins are real. They they do.
0: Well, thank you so much for all of this lovely insight. It was a joy to talk to you. Thanks to all of you still out there listening. We will be back here in just a few minutes with Shining Bright. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We have had a really cool lineup of women who are entrepreneurs and have built these really cool farm based businesses. So, next up, we are going to be talking with Debbie Paris of Barnyard Coffee. Debbie, welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, let's just jump right into it. Can you tell uh, me about what you do and, and a little bit about the process?
2: Yes. Okay. So, we have a coffee roasting business in Blaine, Washington. And we are on a five acre farm property, kind of homesteadish and um, barnyard, you know, what came first, the barnyard or the coffee. Um, We've had a passion for coffee for a long time. Um, But when we were able to acquire this small farm property two years ago, it also had a space where we could roast coffee. And so we decided to just go for it.
0: That is amazing. I have no idea. Can you, for, for those of us listening or those people who are listening and for myself as well, um, what goes into starting a coffee roasting business? Do you have to get like a whole bunch of equipment? I, I honestly have never really paid too close of attention other than I need that coffee going down my throat first thing in the morning.
2: That's for sure. We all do. Um, we actually started out with a small roaster that was probably the size of a toaster oven. (sighs) So that's really where we began, Um, and that was a time that we took to learn about coffee and the process that coffee goes through um, to be roasted, because, of course, it comes to you green, and you have to roast it to brown, not black or charred. You have to know when to stop, and so we started out on this really little machine that was probably $400, and we started out friends and family, then neighbors, And basically our business grew beyond what this little machine could do. So we decided to go for a large machine. So um, we got a roaster that um, it roasts 2.2 pounds, which is one kilogram um, per batch. So it's still considered a small batch roaster, but we can keep up with, with orders. Actually, we're looking at a larger roaster now because, again, the business is growing. So... When you roast good coffee, people get excited about it. And so it's been growing and great, but we do incorporate our barnyard into it as well because we have the farm animals. I have 70 chickens. We sell eggs. (laughs) We just got a milking cow. We sell raw milk. So we kind of like say that we have breakfast here for people because they have their milk, their eggs, and their coffee.
0: You do. Do you invite people onto your farm for events or to taste the coffee, or is it is it more something that they have to go to a local retailer or something to find? No,
2: locals come right to us. We have we have our coffee also in, um, we have a local dairy, edling Dairy, and they have locations all around our area, and our coffee is sold there in stores. But people can also come right to the barnyard, and I love to give farm tours and show people what we do here. So they have both options. They can come right to the farm. Our raw milk is sold just right here at our farm mm-hmm. because um, it's just Washington state laws as far as that goes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and so coffee farming is actually very interesting. And after I watched Farm Her, I was like, yes, there is actually so many women in coffee, people don't realize behind those coffee beans are a lot of women working those fields
0: and bringing that coffee to us. Oh, I so bet
2: it's a lot more women farming coffee than people realize.
0: That doesn't surprise me. Now, do you get or your where are your coffee beans? Where do you source them from?
2: They we use a um, coffee buying group, so there's several distributors throughout the U.S. that actually bring coffee in for people. And ours are from a lot of cooperatives. So small farms get together, and their their coffee is purchased through a cooperative. And then that those people bring then the coffee into the U.S. And then we are able to buy from all over the world. So within that band of where coffee is grown. Interesting. Um- so we are from Indonesia, Africa um, South America, just that band where coffee is grown.
0: Yeah. how uh, Very interesting. Something like you said, most people don't think about when all we do is, is, uh, drink it on a daily basis. Um, so there's a lot of parts and pieces. Obviously you have a farm, you have a coffee roasting, a growing coffee roasting business. Uh, hmm. and I'm guessing that you, uh, handle many parts of it from marketing to production to you, you name it, right? It's a, it's a small business. Um, what, yes. what is it that keeps you motivated through all of the, the stuff that comes with, um, running and growing a business like this?
2: It is always the people, the people are the passion. So, um, I, there's just nothing more satisfying to us than to give people a cup of coffee that, you know, You've done your very best to roast a really good cup of coffee. You've paid attention to every detail so that their morning cup is going to be smooth and delicious and wonderful. And you're starting people, most people's day with that cup of coffee. And just to see our customers pleasure that first sip of coffee, like when we do tasting and um, just knowing that they're enjoying it, that is definitely the drive behind it. We also chose to do all organic coffee. We don't do any conventional. And that was also a people part of our business too, because where organic coffee actually, by the time it's roasted and to us, the consumer, the organic of coffee is not as important, but what is important to us is the people that are actually working on the ground with the coffee. Um, They're not being exposed to the chemicals the environment's not being harmed by it. So that that was really the reason for going organic is the people on the other end of the coffee.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, um, so we have our challenges, we have our inspiration and that for many small businesses, I agree is the people. Um, what is what is your role? What have you found that you do best in running this small business?
2: I like the marketing end of it because I do like speaking with the people and just finding out what they're looking for in their end cup of coffee. Um, I also love touring our farm property and showing people what could be done on a small acreage because we probably have our animals on three acres of it. Um, I do a lot of chicken keeping talks and things like that to show backyard chicken folks you know, how to take care of their chickens well, um, fermenting chicken feed. I know we're coming off of coffee here, but again, it's the people. And I love sharing what we do. Um, we're happy to show people the roasting process. We don't, we're not secretive about it. So um, we just love inviting people in and letting them see what we do.
0: I love that. That is, I yeah. think what takes some, uh, you know, so many people aren't on farms or aren't connected to farms or their food and I think it mm-hmm. takes some of the fear out of it when you you can see those things. Um, it does. So, Debbie, where can people find your coffee and maybe connect with you online?
2: Well, we're on Instagram and Instagram we're barnyard underscore coffee and um, online we're www.barnyardcoffee.com. And, um, and then we're in Blaine, Washington. So anybody that's in the Pacific Northwest is welcome to come by and see us.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. This has been exciting. I was just out in Washington and I'm kind of kicking myself. I wish I would have talked to you beforehand because, um, you have me craving a cup of that coffee now. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. You take care. Thank you so much. Have a great day yeah and thank you everyone for listening here on shining bright by farmher you can tune in every thursday at 5 p.m eastern and saturdays at noon eastern on Rural radio 147 and the Sirius xm app and if you want more farmher check out farmher.com we've got all the stories pictures inspiration and more stick with us we'll be right back Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are here wrapping things up. That was a cool episode. I have to say that as an entrepreneur myself, and whether that's just a project or a business or a farm or whatever, whatever that is, I mean, I think we all have a little bit of entrepreneur in in us, but if I step back and listen to what drives most of those people. And I, I think this is a real common thing for entrepreneurs. It's passion. It's passion for helping the people or connecting with people, whether that's the the entities or the companies or the organizations that they work with um, on the backside to supply the products or to their customers at the end who get to experience their products. Um, all of these women are passionate about that. And and um, you know, when I step back and think about farm hair as a whole, if you watch our TV show... I think that in most episodes, you can pull out the entrepreneurial parts of who these women are, because if they're a part of a farm, there's so much that goes into that about trying to figure out how to keep it moving forward, how to keep it growing, how to keep it stable. And all of that is, is being an entrepreneur and growing different avenues and angles and making sure that you can you know feed your family at night. And uh, so really, the the root of a farm her is at an entrepreneur level. It really is, I think. And so um, I can connect with that so well. And um, one of the people that has an entrepreneurial story that I love to talk about, and she has been on a couple of different episodes of Shining Bright, is Shelby Watson Hampton. And uh, you can tune in to our TV show. In uh, the beginning of January here this week, and you can catch a little bit of Shelby's story. She is on an episode that is a studio based episode. We don't do too many of those, but a couple of times a year we have something that we want to talk about and we want to get multiple people involved. And so we brought people in to talk about mental health and agriculture and we have a couple different people, farm hers, featured on that show talking about some of the issues that are out there, how they have moved forward through those issues, how they've dealt with it, how their communities have dealt with it, um, stuff like that. And Shelby was on that episode. And the reason I'm talking about Shelby is because she and her aunt are really, she, her, Shelby's whole family is very entrepreneurial. They've had this farm in their family for many generations. And, um, you know, it, in the current generation, she and her aunt uh, kind of looked at each other and said, what are we going to do to make this this ours and to keep it going? And they started with a barn that was already there on the property. They cleaned it up, they power washed it, they got it ready. And they started a farm-based wedding business and invite people onto their farm to have their weddings And then, um, on the tails of that going well, and these women work hard. I mean, they are always working at it. Shelby works in off the farm job as well. Susan is full-time on the farm and, um, they're running out. It's very much a family business and they started a, uh, vineyard and winery there as well. So they're in the earlier stages of that. They just not too long ago within the last few years opened for business and, um, you know they work so hard at it all the time, and and it is a family business. And there's so many difficult things that can come along with working with your family. And one of the things that uh, Shelby shared on the episode regarding mental health, because I, I think you know as entrepreneurs, I think we we should have that discussion around mental health many times because we are wearing ourselves down to the bone, uh, and where there's just nothing left. And uh, I love to talk about ways that people can keep themselves motivated, keep themselves healthy. But going back to Shelby's story, uh, she and her family had a very tragic situation where her brother, her older brother, committed suicide a number of years ago, and it really rocked their family. It rocked their community, and they had a number of young men actually over the course of a number of years commit suicide in their community. And and on the heels of that, Shelby um, found some healing for herself and her family, and in starting to share their story and starting to speak out and she formed a group in their area for suicide prevention and works to raise money. And so that was a little part of the TV show that she was on. And again, she talks about it on our farm, her mental health special. But the reason I'm talking about Shelby and wrapping all of this up is she and Susan are entrepreneurs at heart. They are running after their farm and, uh, their wedding business and the vineyard and the winery and all of those things. And, um, just like the women that we've heard from today. Again, a really cool episode Um, to recap it. You know, these women really do what they do because they're passionate about people. They're passionate about helping and making their mark and helping other people leave their mark as well So I hope you've all enjoyed this episode As much as I have Because I think, again, we can all gain some inspiration from them So thank you for joining us here on Shining Bright by Farmherd You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmherd Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern And Saturday at noon Eastern On SiriusXM's Rural Radio Channel 147 And the Sirius XM app And now, go shine bright